Boom, and we're live. What's up, champ? How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm great, man. It's a pleasure to meet you. I've been a fan forever. Oh, good. <laughs> I've seen every single fight you've ever had, so for me, it's, uh, it's an honor to have you in here, man, as a giant boxing fan. All the way back to Dwight Cowie. Saw you fight in the Olympics. Saw everything. Yeah, everything, you did. man. You did. Yeah, for real. And uh, I understand you're, you're going to do an exhibition now. Well, yeah, I'm preparing for one, uh, you know, uh, you know, me going over, going over to uh, Japan, and being able to go over there and see uh, the Taihong, the whatever that uh, tsunami, tsunami. Yeah. And the point of saying the tsunami, going over there and helping people, and I figured, why not do an exhibition? Right. So it's like a benefit for the tsunami victims. Yes. Um, you look great. You're in great shape still. Well, thank you. You don't. You never got out of shape. Well, yeah, art of the game. Yeah, it's easy to maintain and rebuild. Easier to maintain than rebuild. Yeah, but uh, now at your age, like, wh when was the last time you had a fight? It was like 2011? Is that what it was? Yeah, 2011. So it's been like eight years, which is you were thinking of competing like deep into your 50s, though. Well, yeah. You know, the thing is, is that I'm always trying to stay in shape, but. It, Really didn't want to get hit again. Right, right, right. Like that, but and I said, but exhibition, I, I I could do an exhibition. Who is the exhibition against? I I don't know yet. I, I know I'm, I'm thinking about you know I wanted to be ready both because me and him buddies. <laughs> now you can do it with somebody you're friends with because right. they know that they're not going to hit you too hard if you don't hit them too hard. Right. So it'll be more of a sparring sort yes. of a deal. Yes. Now how how often are you training now? Well, you know, I'm I'm always training. I shadow box. I don't I don't I don't hit the bag, but I'm I'm ready to do it now because I'm actually going to be performing. Mm -hmm. So I I want to I want to look good, but but it is I don't want to get in a a doggy doggy fight. Right. You don't want to get into a war. Right. You just want to have like a little exhibition sparring match, just a little. Just combinations, not hit each other too hard, that kind of deal. Well, yeah, yeah. you know, you know I, we hit, we can hit hard to the body, right? But not the head, right, right, right. Now, at this stage of your life, you know, it's been a while since you competed. Are you worried that those competitive juices might get fired up again, and well, you might want to actually fight again? I, I, no, I don't think I, I don't think I will ever go back in because I did everything I wanted to do. Right. I, I feel that I got. As far as I wanted to get, and, and you know, I, I'm only four-time heavyweight champ of the world ever. But I am so I ain't got yeah. no reason to be mad with nobody about anything. I I, I think I had a great a great career. You had an unbelievable career. Yeah, yes, only four-time heavyweight champion of the world ever. I mean, I can remember way back in the day when you were moving up from cruiserweight to heavyweight. You know, and it was one of the rare times where. We were watching, back in those days, if folks who don't know, it was kind of taboo for boxers to lift weights. Yeah, it and, was. And uh, it was Mackie Chillstone that got you ready for that, right? No, no, it was no. Tim Hallmark. Yeah, Tim Hallmark. And Mackie Chillstone got uh, Spinks ready. Got That's Spinks right. ready, That's yeah. Right. And uh, I came after that, and and the point of coming out to uh, Mackie Chillstone, everybody thought about the weight, but... Uh, Tim Hallmark would talk about flexibilities, all the things you had to do when mm -hmm. you lift weights. Right, yeah. Because everybody used to think before that that if you lifted weights, it made you stiff. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Tim was able to, 
he did everything with me to show me that that's just a myth. You right, know, right. Condition is about, you know, the heart rate and all this. And then, you know, when, when you lift weight, you just got to do more. Right. It seemed like back then the problem was when people would lift weights, they would get sore and then they would go to the gym and they wouldn't perform as well. And so everybody would say, oh, weights are making you stiff. They we, didn't allow themselves to get through a full program with a real strength and conditioning guy like Tim Hallmark or Mackie Shillstone. They were the first guys really to bulk guys up. Right. Well, it, it, it's all about confidence and yeah. someone taking to another level, you know. And I think that at at that time, people just kind of in this level, this is all we know, and this is only far we can go because you have to work harder. Yeah. If you go, if you lift weight, you're gonna have to work harder. You're right. Bring, you know, with me, I was able to bring a ballet teacher in there. I did I had ballet too. Did you really? Uh, yeah. That's the reason why I was I was able to still be flexible and and being able to be quick and all that and you know i i did all that but i ain't let nobody know i was doing ballet <laughs> you know i'd like to see some video of you doing ballet is <laughs> well, there know, any out there no we did not no did you I, wear a tutu no 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 I, you know i got stressed a lot a man mm-hmm. you're talking about uh, uh it's miss kennett that's her name and so i i kept her to the day and so she she ended up slipping breaking her hip and because she she was like seventy years old when she was stretching me and had me doing all the splits and all this, but it worked. Yeah. Well, you were one of the first like supremely conditioned heavyweight boxers. You know, when you'd see you, you were sculpted. You know, and you would be able to put that output out for the entire 12 rounds. I mean, you had an, those incredible fights at Riddick Bowe. I know you guys are f- friends now, but God damn, did you guys have some wars. Yeah, we had we had battles. Man, I, and I think the big thing, because you know, he kind of kind of bully, you know. He, and he a big guy, and he used to always look at me and say, uh, a, good, a good big guy beat a good little guy any time. And every time we go in uh, and, and practice, I bust him up. <laughs> then, but you know, I'm, I'm four years older than him, but he was bigger, and but I was always getting. Yeah, well, you guys had some crazy fights, but the craziest one was probably the one where the guy landed in the middle of the ring. The guy with the parachute, with the what, what was that guy's? What did he call himself? The fan man. Fan. That's right. <laughs> he had a fan that was powering his parachute, and he literally landed in the ring. That was in an outdoor arena in Vegas. Is that what it was? Well, it sure was, and uh, it made and held the fight up about thirty minutes. That was crazy. Oh, yeah, because at that time I had him hurt. Yes, and like that, and it saved him. Yeah, well, you had him hurt, and then everybody got cold. I well, mean, you cooled yeah. off. I mean, it almost seems like they should have canceled the fight. Well, you know, it was half of the fight. You know, yeah. then if they. Cast the fight, then we have to pay us again. What? There's a picture up there. Like, look at that. What was going through your mind when you saw that guy land on the ropes like that? Well, well it shocked me, and then because when he did, the the light started like this, and uh, Curtis Mayfield had just got paralyzed. But same thing with the, with the, the thing fell down. Oh, lights and, fell on him. Yeah, yeah. Curtis Mayfield, he got paralyzed that way. Yes. Oh mm-hmm. wow. So you thought maybe the lights were about to fall. Well, yeah, and I was trying to make sure that I could make that quick step, get in or get out. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 So this guy, once you finally realize 
that it was a guy on a parachute with a fan behind him. How mad were you? Well, you know, I can keep my mind on him. I got to keep my mind on Reddit Bo. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> I said, everybody asked me that, and I'm like, my mind, you know, you know, you have to have a one-track mind is you're going to be real good. Right. You're going to be the best. You have to have that one-track mind. Yeah. Yeah, it's not something you can pay attention to. But was it hard to get your mind back into it after the the settle and they had to clear the guy out and arrest him and clean the ring out and everything? No, I, I stayed focused. And my whole thing is that, I, you know, I felt that I, I won the first half. Right. I got Now I got this. Next half. Why did it take a half hour to get that guy out of there? You know, uh, you know, you know, Ritter both wife were there. She was pregnant. And she, she had to leave oh, and all this. And so, so many things happened because the guy happened to come over Farrakhan. And, and, and so all these people, they don't beat the, the poor man in the head or knock him out. <laughs> like this. I mean, he, he got a really good beating for coming in. I hope he did. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. <laughs> Is he still in jail? No, no, no. He, he passed now. Oh, he's gone? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. well. Oh, well. I guess that's his legacy. Well, you he, know. He fucked up your fight. That's his legacy. Wait, wait, wait. You're right, but <laughs> I won. Yes, you did. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, look, man, you, you had some incredible fights, but to me, um, one of my fondest memories is, you know who Kevin James is from the King of Queens? You yep. know that TV show? Mm-hmm. Me and Kevin James were at my house in Encino the night you fought Tyson, the first one, the first fight, when, when you dropped Tyson. I'll never forget it because back then, I mean, we knew that Buster Douglas had beaten Tyson, but we kind of almost thought it was like a fluke. But when you were battering Tyson and then you put him down and stopped him, I'll never forget Kevin James jumping off the couch, just jumping. Oh, my God. We're throwing our arms up in the air. I mean, that was for sure one of the greatest heavyweight championship victories in in the history of the sport. It was just an incredible fight because in a lot of people's eyes, Tyson was like this a bad guy. He was like a, people thought of him as like a thug, you know, and you were thought of as this like really good guy. And many people didn't think that you were going to be able to beat him. So when you didn't just beat him, but you took it to him, you took it to him, you know, like early on in the fight, you could tell that you had decided you were going to push him around. And, you know, once you had stopped him, I mean, it was that was pandemonium in my house. Everybody was going crazy. They couldn't believe it. Well, you know, I know everybody. You know, you know, I had, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm a Christian. I, I, I. But the point of the, the point of the matter, I work hard. I train hard. And you know, my mama said, "Ain't too many things that you do well." So, son, you know. Which one? Which one is sports you gonna do? Because I, I, I was, a, I was a good athlete. I can, I, but football and boxing was my two best ones. But you know, I played basketball. I did baseball. I did everything. My mama said, "Ain't enough time in a day to be the best at everything." Yeah, don't sense yeah. So you got to pick one. So when I played, when I played football in tenth grade, and they put me on the bench, and I started crying. And my mama said, you can't quit till the season is over. So I had to play on that, I play on that game. And they finally let me play in the championship game. And they seen how good I was. And they asked me, was I coming back next year? I said, no, sir. He said, why? I said, my mama said, I ain't got to. Like this. <laughs> my mama told me, you got to bet on yourself or you're going to bet on the coach. Right. So in boxing, you bet on yourself. Right. 
and and team sport, you betting on the coach. You're betting on the coach. You're betting on the other players, and you're betting on the coach letting you play. Right. Right. Whereas in boxing, they have to let you fight. That's right. Yeah. You, you may be asking somebody to tag in for you. <laughs> <laughs> now, when did you think that boxing was going to be your career? Was it right after that? It's like around tenth grade. Oh, uh, well, well, yeah. Yeah. You know, at, at, after tenth grade, I realized that you know, it um, came down to one one sport yeah. that I really do real well. And so that's when I, I, you know, I just put everything in it. Well, you were part of that incredible Olympic team too. I mean, so many great fighters came out of that Olympic team, right? Yeah. Mark Breland, Pernell Whitaker, yeah, Malcolm I can, Taylor. I can tell you all of them. Paul Gonzalez, 106, Steve McCurry, yeah. 112, yep. 19, Robert Shannon, 125, Melvin Taylor, 132, Penel Willicker, 139, Jerry, Jerry, and and 147 with Mark Breland, 156, Frank Tate, 165, Virgil Hill, 78. That's me. right, Virgil Hill. And yeah, then then Henry Tillman and <sighs> and put and um, Tyrell Biggs. Tyrell Biggs. What a team! Yeah, crazy team. Nine gold medal, one silver, <sighs> one bronze. Amazing. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you besides um, Michael Spinks, you were one of the rare guys to move up, to move up and be successful as a heavyweight. Did you just decide like after you'd beat Dwight Muhammad Kawi, who was a cruiserweight champion, and you'd beat you know some real good names at that weight class? You had just decided that heavyweight was where the real money was at. Well, not, actually, you know, my goal I wanted to be the heavyweight champion of the world, and and. Only person I I knew if Mike Tyson do it, I could do it. So, so when Mike Tyson whooped everybody, you know, it's, you know, you know, you, people tend to make up excuses. Mm -hmm. Now Mike Tyson is a small person, right? He, he, he I'm to me, he hit hard, but his, he got short arms, right? And so I seen Mike whoop, whooping people that six four, six five, six six. Mm -hmm. And they outweigh him by 20, 30 pounds. He beat the daylights out of him. Right. I figured if Mike could do it, I could do it. <laughs> so that gave you inspiration. Sorry, that that gave yeah. me inspiration. My own thing is that, you know, you know, you know, I actually, you know, forced the cruiserweight division. I kind of went through that. And what's the next goal is to go up. And, you know, and and I, I chose to do it. And a lot of people said, and you crazy. Well, you know, you have to be a little of that to be in this anyway. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, right? Yeah. So when you first did fight Mike Tyson, was that like something you had always knew was going to happen but once he got out of jail? Well, it was, like, it was like this. My mama used to tell me, she said, now, let me tell you something about a good fighter. You can't wish him away. They ain't never going nowhere. You got to face it. And so you know what, and you know, and everybody in everything that I've done, everybody will always remind me you didn't beat Mike Tyson, though. right? And I'm like, well, you, you, you're right. And I said, but it's not like it was my fault, right? And like this, I said, you know, every time I got ready to fall, something happened. I said, but it wasn't my fault. Well, you, you, you ain't really the champ till you beat him. I, it was amazing that he was so popular. I'm talking. 
especially in my house. I was, you know, <laughs> when people get mad at me, they tell me, I can't wait till you fight Mike Tyson. That's <laughs> like, crazy. And so the thing is, is that, you know, you know, he was that person that I watched every one of his fight, and, and I realized you can't make that many, that many mistakes with Mike. Right. When you finally did beat him, do you think when you did fight him and did beat him, do you think that that raised your your celebrity and your notoriety to a different level? Not not really. I think no. that it it let people know that you ain't got you ain't got to be considered a bad person to be good in the ring. Yeah, I'm saying because when you know my whole thing, I could box, and but everybody thought that because I didn't curse a lot or I don't get in trouble that you you ain't mean enough to be the mean guy. And right. most so then, I mean, I'm a skillful fighter. I took care of my body and I did everything right. I'm, to, you know, I, I, you know, in, in general, I, I fought a lot of guys who are a lot bigger and, and, but it, it's an art to the game. It's really an art. It, it's really an art. It is, it's not just one thing you just, you hit harder because you got to be able to take something to give some. Right. Well, you always could take it. Yeah. That was a big part of your, your career when you had an iron chin. I mean, Riddick Bowe was a giant man, and he hit you with some bombs in those wars that you guys had. You were able to take some incredible punches. Well, you know, the art with me, I knew that I could take it, but can you take it? And so the whole big thing is, the whole big thing, my whole thing, my whole, my whole big thing with Mike is that what Mike had told somebody, say, everybody got a plan until they get hit. And and he was right, because you know, if if you hitting it, if this guy worried about you hitting him, and he ain't worried about getting hit, so he ain't got to worry about it. Right. But I knew if you hit me, I was gonna hit you back. And so that was part of the plan was to let yeah. him know that early. Right. It seems like that was when you, when you fought him, particularly in the first round, you pressed him, and it was, that was a rare moment to see someone like really pushing Mike back and getting Mike back on his heels. Well, see, in all the other game, if if you like Mike get you back, that may be it. Right, right, right. So you had to attack him. So the whole big thing, the whole big thing with me was, it, it's things that my mama said. She said, "Let me tell you, when you know, when you know how good you are, when somebody press you with what you're doing." She said, "Mike low to press other people, but do, can he handle the press?" My mama said, "Do it back to him." Do it back. If you want to see somebody stop doing something to you, do it to them. All of a sudden, they'll stop. People really don't like what you make, what you do to somebody, and somebody do it again. You get ticked, right? Like that. So, so the thing was to we practice just putting pressure, putting pressure, putting pressure, make him feel the same way that he make other people feel. So that was the game plan going into the game plan. Yeah. Was there anything surprising about that fight? Uh, not to, not to me because I didn't want no surprise because of the surprise <laughs> you may get knocked out. Right. <laughs> like this. So the thing is, is to stay on him mm-hmm. and, and let him think about all these those things. Now, once you stopped him in the first fight, the second fight is the fight that's probably the most famous fight because he bit a chunk of your ear off. And I saw it when you were coming in here. Show everybody that. Well, you know, uh, did you ever think about getting that fixed? Well, no, it, you know, uh, no, I, that's my identification. Now, <laughs> if I ain't got my ID, I can show my ear. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. If you want to get into somewhere, um, do you know who I am? Look at my ear. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy, man. That was one of the craziest moments when Mills Lane looked at you and you were jumping up in the air, 
and looked at Tyson and realized, holy shit, he bit a chunk out of your fucking ear. Right. Like, what? What were you thinking at that time? Biting him back. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm serious. I was getting ready to bite the daylights out of him. And I was going to bite him in the face. I would bite him in the face. I wasn't going to wait for the ear. I was going to get the fat stuff. You know, come, you know, when you're from the ghetto, they say, if you do something, you got to do it worse than what they did. Right. And so, you know, and I told Mike in, in a talk show, I said, no. I said, no, I I was pretending like like I was hurting real bad. I said, but I was going to trip you up and bite you right in your face. Everybody know what I was going to do. I said, but uh, you know, this this prophet told us before the fight, he told me, he said, look, he's going to do something in your face area, that, but you got to stay focused because if, if you don't stay focused, God, that's the only way he's going to get you. Right. So by him biting me on my ear, when and man and I knew I was getting ready to bite him back, and 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 but my corner person started, started telling me keep my mind on the Lord, mm. and because the the, the the prophet told me say, only way he can get you to get your mind, he he gonna do something to you. Right. And your, I thought he gonna hit me with elbow, a uh, hip, but anything like that, but. Mm-hmm. I never ever thought in my life he would bite me on the ear and bite a chunky ear. Oh, and it hurt so bad. And people tell me, "How bad did it hurt?" I said, "Did you see how high I jumped?" <laughs> I said, "No, it was crazy. You just yeah. leaped up in the air." Yeah, yeah. yeah. It hurt so bad. And I said, "Then, I said, then that, that guy, my corner guy, Tim Hallmark, would kept telling me keep my mind on the Lord, and I ain't want to hear that." You know, right. now, right. even though he was saying that, and I was, man, I was still, I was just trying to r- remember that, get him. I want to bite him. I, w- <laughs> I, I, I really wanted to bite him back. And and all of a sudden, I, it, it hit my mind that they always catch the second person. Right. So, I'm telling you, anything in life, and I'm the one that people always did something to them, they will always catch me. And I was the only one to get get caught all the time because they always catch me trying to get to get back. So revenge is the Lord. So you don't go get back because you're gonna get caught. Yeah, well, I was amazed that they didn't stop the fight immediately. Well, they came back and checked, and and he asked me, "You all right?" And I said, "Yeah," because I I at least wanted to hit him. Right. I, I really wanted to hit him. I was, man, I was, I was really upset. But well, he tried to bite you twice, right? Well, yeah, he, he bit me twice. He bit you twice. He, he bit me when when we went back in, and he thought I was gonna be scared. And he seen I caught him with these two shots, and he bit me again, man. And I jumped back, and I was just getting ready to kick him in the ball. Like <laughs> this, <laughs> and, and, and 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 the bell rung, and I went back to the corner, boy, and I was so doggone mad. I was, I was really gonna get him. And they stopped the fight. Yeah. And then I got mad because they stopped the fight. Because you were going to get him. I, mean, I wanted yeah. to get him back. Well, it seemed like he thought that you were going to get him and he was trying to find a way out. Well, yeah. That's the well, only thing that made sense. Well, yeah. But the thing is, the only thing that I guess with me and what I stand on is that I was able to forgive him. And yeah. that's, that has been the turnaround in my life to tend to make people, people always wonder about the ear, the ear bite. And I said, but I forgave him. And everybody said, 
So what's special about that, Oz? But everywhere I go around the world, with the Muslim, whatever, and people say, wow, this guy can forgive. How can you forgive when you already beaten the guy? Yeah. I said, but you know, but it's it's what it's what life have to be if you're gonna survive with even your brothers and sisters. Because if you don't forgive nobody, you're gonna be a mad person. And you're gonna find yourself locked up. Right, right, and it's gonna haunt you. Yes. Whereas if you forgave him, it took a weight off your shoulders. Yeah, I'm talking. I'm t- I, Mike and I, we do a lot of things together because. The forgiveness part. Absolutely. It's cool to see you two together now. I mean, when, when I have seen things that you've done together, I'm like, wow, it's crazy. Like, after he bit you, those crazy fights, and to see you together laughing and joking around together, it's it's pretty interesting. Well, I'm telling you, when you tell people, you know, when you don't choose your parents, you don't choose your neighborhood, you ain't choose your skin color, you ain't choose to be tall or short, but, you know, this is your statue, and, and two people— Two people who came from the ghetto who boxed, and, and, and boxing was the only thing I did real well, okay, and football. And But the thing is that after all that, look at how much money we made doing something that we, by doing it properly, we make money. Yeah. We make money, and we can both, you know, raise our family in the way that we want to raise them. How long did it take after the fight before you forgave them? I, I think after about by time I I got into the locker room and everybody started complaining. Man, I can't believe he did this, 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 this. I said, look, I said, did he bite you? They said, no, I, okay. I said, he bit me, right? And I said, now, I'm going to forgive him. And you know what? Y'all got to forgive him too. Wow. They said, what you mean, forgiving? I said, he ain't bite you. I said, he bit me. <laughs> I said, look, I'm going to forgive him. Wow. So yeah. you forgave him in the locker room right yeah. after the fight. Yes. Because the thing is, the thing is, I, you know, I was really mad coming coming down and people throwing water and people mad and they upset because they didn't get a chance to see what they really wanted to see. Right. Like this. And so they were mad and they were upset. And and I asked, you know, me, I figured, who in control? God. So I said, Lord. What is this thing all about? And he said, forgiving. And I, and I said, well, who in the world want to forgive? But this is what it is. We, we're the two very important people that everybody come to see. And they need to know that forgiveness is a big part of life. And so I was able to do that. So in the point of being able to do that, you know, I, I, I realized that it made my life better all over the world. You got to clean it. Kleenex? Yeah, sure. That's that's a very powerful thing, man. It yeah. really is. That's a very powerful decision. And, you know, it's a very powerful statement, you know, to for you to forgive him after that. I mean, that really, uh, that probably did a lot of good for a lot of people to realize, man, if Evander Holyfield can forgive Mike Tyson after he bit a chunk of his ear off, I mean, that's a that's a strong statement of character right there. Well, you know, the thing is, I did now a little early than that. Then they may not would have got that. Right. They would have got something else. <laughs> you bit his face, <laughs> but yeah. but but the, yeah. the, 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 it's it's amazing how what time would do for you. Right, right. I, at one point in time, I'm something something would have happened. Right, but because 
they they gave me a little time to think about it and gave me and and I was like and you know and you know with me when when things things don't go right I go back to the prayer and say Lord what is this about all about right and he said forgiveness and you know and I I wouldn't be who I am is it wasn't from forgiveness right. I'm telling you, everybody don't fell short somewhere right and like that so you know the whole big thing is and and I talked to. The week a week after that, I talked to Mike. We were we we was at the All Star basketball game in in New York, and and I looked up, and, and everybody was streaming, and I wonder what they were streaming about, telling me to watch out. I'm like, watch out for who? I looked up at Mike, and he had this big bear coat, and he like this, and so everybody was telling me that. And it wanted me that Mike, Mike there. He had a big bearskin coat? No, you know, he had a big, big fur coat. Yeah, big fur coat and stuff like that. And he wouldn't do nothing but shake hands. And, wow. And a week after. A week after. You know what I'm saying? So, you so know, your ear is probably still sore. No, no. I want not even. Oh, yeah. that, the thing is, with my ear, my ear is almost like a testimony. Right. And, you know, it's almost like you win a trophy yourself. That a person looking and said, "Man, he forgave the guy." So, I see that more people when they see me, they look at my ear. Then after they see me ear, then they smile like, you know, not in anger. They smile and say, "Well, you know, he he forgave that guy." Wow. Yeah, so, so when you saw Mike, did you guys talk? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, a week well, after the fight. Yeah. What yeah. did he say to you? I mean, matter of fact, his his room was next door to mine, and I didn't know. <laughs> We came. We came out. We we come out at the same time. He looked. He looked. He asked me, "Is it all good?" I said, "Yeah." So we get on the elevator together. Whoa! And we come down with the door open. Everybody was shocked. <laughs> so they were shocked, wondering why we wasn't fighting. Right. And then I, it was and, just you two in the elevator. Or yeah, other yeah, people yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, that's just it. you two in yeah, the elevator. Yeah. And so, wow. And so at the shocking part, they said, "Man." And we thought they were big fighting. And I told the guys, man, I said, you know how much money I got paid in that fight? How much money can you think we going to fight for free? <laughs> <laughs> Was there ever talk about a third fight? Well, I had people mention it. You know, they they mention it. Right. And But, you know, I'm, the thing is, is that they wanted to give a lot of money, and they, they were asking me to try to. And my own thing is that, I, I kind of feel like it's kind of bully for you to ask somebody to fight, to fight you again when you know you're gonna win again. Right. I'm. You know. So the whole big thing is, you know, I just didn't. I didn't think that if Mike, if Mike wanted to do it, I would have done it. But I wasn't gonna go ask. I right. think. I think you've been a bully when you know you're better than somebody and you want to. You want to play them in something that you know you're gonna beat them, right? Right. And I, you right. know, it's a challenge. If somebody challenge you, like that, I can come back and and beat you. But you know, just just you know, you feel that you better, and so I think it'd be wrong for me to ask it. Right. No, that's that's amazing. I mean, but that just shows what kind of a person you are. Like that shows what kind of character you have, and that sort of defines your career. That you are the guy that did always seek the big challenges. Yeah, I, you know, you know, I, you know, winning is, you know, I, you know, the nickname real deal. And I was like, 
and people ask me how you get that name real deal i said you know i just i thank god for all the anything that great it come from god at all given time you know i'm you know i had a mom who who had a sixth grade education but she raised me she raised the four-time heavyweight champ of the world she stayed on me all the time and, and my brothers and sisters said, Mama, you're going to make a sister to him. You don't let him go out. You don't let him do nothing. My mama said, he's going to be all right. You just wait and see. And and when I think about it, she never did give in to what nobody said about about me. And I became who I am. And I'm just so I'm just so thankful. That, and, and the Bible said, all good things come from God. Anything that is good for you, it came from God. It sounds like you rely on your mom, and you relied on your mom a lot for wisdom. Well, that's all I had. That's all I had because you know, my my brothers and sisters and stuff, all of them. I don't think all of them like me a lot. They may like me a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> but my my, my my mama. I know my mama loved me. They like me a little bit. Yeah, but it's it's amazing to hear that your mother was right at every stop. At every step, you right. know, all of her advice, all paid out. I mean, she knew there was something special about you. Well, well, you know, my mom thought so, my mom knew something special about everybody, but you had to do the work, right? And and the art of me is just my mom had a heart attack. My mom had a heart attack, and so my mom was at home with me to make sure that I made it. Oh. But you know, with everybody else, my mom worked ten to ten with them. Right, right, right. So I was the youngest one, so she she had a heart attack when I was like when I was about six or seven years old. So I got caught in everything. So I got more whooping than everybody. So out of all that whooping, the good person showed up. Yeah, you got more advice than everybody I too. Yes, I sure yeah. did. Have you ever thought about doing Mike's show? You know, Mike has a podcast now. Or I did it. Did you get I, I, Did you get high with him? No, I, I don't have to get high to do it. Now, right. but, but you know, we, you know, I I did we we I did it last last month. Oh, okay. Sure is it out already? Yeah. I haven't seen it. I, I got to check that episode out. That's incredible. What was it like to, to sit with him at the ranch and hang out with him? Well, it was it was okay. And yeah. the, the thing is, you know, I won't answer the questions, and you, he he kind of. Eggs me and told me, look, man, I know you don't do a little bit more than that. I said, you know, if I did, I forgot it, Mike. <laughs> I forgot it. You, you let your past be your past. You know, yeah. you got to continue to move forward. He's a different person now. Well, I, I, he, he does. Yeah, I, I think he is. Yeah, I no, he, he is. is. Yeah. He's he's a he's a very interesting guy. He's a very smart man. Well, you know? yeah, he is a lot smarter than what people give him credit a for. A lot. Now, that's what they don't know about yeah. him. Yeah. I, I know that. Yeah. No, he's very introspective, very smart, and very humble, you know, the way he looks at life now. Like, and he doesn't even think about his old days. Like, he doesn't like that guy. He doesn't like who he used to be. It's very interesting when you talk to him. Well, yeah, yeah your past is your past. That's where yeah. you have to leave it alone. Yeah. And he smokes $40,000 worth of weed a month. Well, I guess you have the money. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're involved in CBD now, right? This is yes, what yes, Resin Sports is? Yes. Is, um, how amazing is CBD? It's incredible, right? Well, it's, it's amazing how good it is for your health. Yes. And so many people have, you know, your kids. You know, your kids don't even... Asked to have the problem, and some of them come up with these problems. If you then have this, 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 this 
these this these the CBD, mm-hmm. then your kids wouldn't probably wouldn't be when function as as properly as they function. It's just amazing. It got so much. This stuff got so much benefit. Mm-hmm. Even though if you take advantage of anything, too much anything is not good for you. Right, but I mean, I don't think there's any way you can overdose on CBD. Right? It's all just healthy well, for you. It's just oils. Well, I know it's oils and it's yeah. different things. It's, it's How much of it do you take a day? For me? Yeah. I, I you know. I, I, I rub it on my legs and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and uh, I just now found that they got some arm drops that are really good for you. Now, I didn't know that. Oh, the oral drops? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. that you put on your tongue. Yeah, and all I love that. those, yeah. Like that. See, I didn't know that. Now, now that I know that, I'm going to start taking me some drops. Yeah, I do both. I take the drops, and I rub it on my muscles as well. And they say it's good for your memory and all this yes. and stuff like that. Now, I didn't know that. Now, yeah. Now, I'm gonna probably remember a lot of stuff. For that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you got through a crazy boxing career remarkably well. I mean, your health is there. You look great. And did you do you have any injuries or anything that still carries with you after all these years? Not, see, that's the thing. I juiced a lot. I juiced a lot. My, my mean man, the best of the juice and all mm-hmm. that. I did that. I I. Ate very clean with stuff like that. And Did you have nutritionists that prepared yeah, yeah. your meals? Yeah, I, no, I had some people talked about nutrition, mm-hmm. but I, I, I kind of ate the way that I want because. But I knew, but I was very disciplined in what food to eat and what not to eat. When you were eating, did you did you meal plan or did you just eat whatever you wanted to? Like, what was a typical meal for Evander Holyfield when 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 Evander Holyfield when you were in like your your peak condition and you're training for a fight? Like, what would be like a, tr- a typical uh, meal during camp? Well, you know, I, you know, I, I ju- like I juice like I ain't like eating I ain't like nothing green. Mm-hmm. So I had to juice, juice that. It, right. I juice the green spinach, stuff. kale, that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, I right? do that. I do mm-hmm. that. That's the first thing I put in there. Then I get a chance to eat what I want to eat. And so, and I, so I, I like steaks, mm-hmm. and I, I I like chicken a lot. But you know, I, the thing is that I, I'm like I like pineapples. I like apples. I I like all this fruit stuff that you cut up the mm-hmm. berries and all that. These are the things that I actually kind of you know, because people saying. Do you have any tingle in your hand, your feet, or anything? I said, well, I don't have anything. I said, do I suppose to? Said, well, other people do. I said, but what did they do? What did they eat? And right, all that. right. Now, I, I really ate real clean, real mm-hmm. good. Well, tingling usually is associated with nerve damage, right? A lot of times people have back issues and mm-hmm. neck issues from years of fighting. I think even Mike had some neck surgery for because of uh, issues that he was having with his neck. But Mike did a lot of like uh, he did a lot of bridges. Remember on his neck, he did a lot of like bridges, like wrestling type type bridges where he's balancing on his neck and rolling around back and forth. That's not necessarily supposed to be the best thing for your neck either. No, oh, I, I, I did that too. Did you do that? But you know, I, you know, I see somebody doing something and they good. I'm gonna try it out. <laughs> I'm gonna try it out. So I'm, did you try it out after you saw him do it? Well, no, no, no. I, but I, I've been doing it probably before. I, I started doing that when, as a kid in football practice. Oh, okay. We, we rolled right. on the neck and all this mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You kind of felt that, you know, you were strong as you can hold your head up and, and, and bridge sure. like that. And, and I did that a lot. How much? Like, how many days did you work? Like, you got your typical boxing workout was sparring, hitting the mitts, and then road work. 
but you would also do strength and conditioning yes and like some serious physical exercise like how did you break up like training camp like how many days a week did you spend doing weightlifting type de- stuff and how many days were you doing the other things well you know, with, the, with the boxing part you know I, I do that you know five days a week and but and the weight lifting the three three times a week and but you know but uh, I always have three workout a day. Three? Uh, yeah, three workouts. Wow. Because you, you got to understand, my conditioning coach was, he was especially in conditioning. Mm-hmm. So we don't, we ain't going to do all, he going to, each and every training, he going to do certain things. The most important thing was the boxing. We right. get the boxing part out first. Then, then it, what, what type of run we gonna do? We ain't just just we ain't just run five miles. You know we gonna sprint sometime. He come up with the different the different methods that 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 you have three workouts a day, but you tired. But right. you, you probably didn't work number fifteen minutes, but you're tired. That that's a tough fifteen minutes. Right. And I so so he had these 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 things that allow me to understand that. Whenever I get tired, this is when you know how good a shape you into what you do when you're tired. Right, right. Yeah. So, right. so, 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 so you know. So it's a it's a thinking program more so than oh, I I tired myself out and 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 your knees hurt and your ankle you can't do nothing the next day. Mm-hmm. You get tired out that 15 minutes when it over you, you got all this energy. Like that, so it's everything was about recovering. Everything about recovery, right? So you, he was basically shocking your system with a bunch sure. of different kinds yeah. of workouts, and then allowing you to recover. And um, do you think if CBD was around back then, you would have probably used it a lot, huh? No, I'm not for sure. Yeah, you know I'm, right? I'm, I'm not for sure because the whole thing with me is understanding what do it do for me. Right now, I'm you, know, I'm not. I wasn't the type of person that concerned about you. Now I gotta understand what's gonna happen, what it gonna do for me. Right. If it makes you do this, but is it gonna make me do this? Just see if it gonna make me do it. It's gonna right. make me feel good. It's gonna make me be confident and and or is I'm gonna have to depend on this the rest of my life if I start. Right. Like right, that. Right. So I, I remember uh and 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 when with the Pan American game and mm-hmm. and and it was right in nineteen eighty three. So they they got the cow practice to pop everybody neck and 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 mm-hmm. put them in where they can fight good because they want to see everybody win, and I'm the only one who wouldn't do it, and and and, and they said why, I said because I don't have any money, and they said, well we you don't have to pay any money, I said yeah but I'm if this feel good I'm gonna need it every day and I ain't got no money so what I'm gonna do. I said, my mama told me don't start nothing you can't you can't pay for. So I so so I'm I'm the only one that didn't go to the do the normal cap practice work or nothing because I didn't want nothing that I can't afford to do. Right, right. And so of course, when after you know I when I turned pro, coming from pro, I was able to afford it. And I go to cap practice all the time now. But why get something new that you can't pay for? Then you're gonna make up an excuse to. Why you didn't do good today? Because ain't have nobody crack my neck. Ain't have nobody to do this. Ain't have, right. anything that is done. You got to you got to be able to afford to do it. Was it hard for you to retire? No, I just want I just want to know that I did the very best. 
what I didn't want to do, I didn't want to retire and then come back. Mm. And because you know, I don't, I, I don't, you know, you do it. I have a time. Do it right. right. My mom said, do it right and make when you stop, make sure it's over. Yeah. And so you know, um, and I think uh, after after one of my last fight, my last fight, I met the Klitschko brothers, and and I asked them why they didn't want to fight. They said, you know, Emmanuel Stewart told us that. You don't need to fight him, like this and like that. And they they chose not to fight because Emmanuel Stewart told them, you know. And but I I guess the, the most positive thing about the whole situation when I was coming back from Russia, I seen I seen a table Ali, and Ali and Ali when he when he lost against Larry Hall, he was trying to be four time, mm-hmm. and he said, why ain't just just, just be happy for three. He said, right. why did I have to go four? When I seen that, and I said, now, why would I have to be five? Right. I said, I'm on the top. Right. Why not? I'm the best that it ever been. I broke our leave record. Why don't I just, just rest and be thankful? And uh, I chose to. It's because the fact that the matter, records are meant to be broken. Somebody's going to break it eventually. Right. Long Boston continue to go because you're looking at you're looking for it to improve, the game to improve. That's a, a great attitude that I wish more boxers would have because it's for fighters, many times the highs of being a champion and winning big championship fights on television under the bright lights, those highs are so high that after they get off and they retire, they just miss it. They miss it so bad. And we've seen everybody, all the greats, from Larry Holmes to Sugar Ray Leonard, all the greats come back, except Hagler. Yeah. Hagler never came back. And Andre Ward says he's not going to come back either. But Hagler, to me, was one of the most impressive because he's just, after that Sugar Ray Leonard fight, he went, we're good. I'm done. That's well, it. I'm talking, I'm talking you know, I'm, yeah. That, it was amazing because amazing. The, fact, the, fact, the fact is, you know, you're accustomed to people. Yeah. You know, you don't have to talk when you're a good fighter. You know what? Right. Because everybody asked me, say, why you ain't never said that? I was because. I ain't have to say that. When people look at it, they start talking about how good I am. So I don't have to say nothing. <laughs> well, that was a big part of you was your humility but confidence. You were always a humble man but always a very confident man. And as a fighter, that's a very admirable quality. Like you didn't have a lot of ha- haters or detractors. When you were the champ, people just appreciated who you were as a man. Yeah, yeah but it, it went in uh, all that – Go to credit my mom. My mom used to tell me when she said, "Zip the lip up, zip them up now." You're talking a little too much. <laughs> talking a little too much. Zip it up. Yeah, you were never a guy that bragged. You know, when you see these guys like Floyd Mayweather, that he gets so much attention. Obviously, he's an incredible boxer, maybe one of the best boxers, if not the best of all time. But uh, just always talks crazy amounts of shit. But that has also got him a crazy amount of money and a crazy amount of attention. But you never went that route. Well, you know, you know because the fact is it wasn't about money. Yeah, I'm telling you, the love that you have and that you can account to say, anytime somebody asks me something, it's not just me. Yeah, my mama, I can always account to these people that, this boys club, like, you know, 
So I tell people, I said, now, I started going to the boys club at the age of six years old. I said, now, I said, I said, I didn't choose my neighborhood that I chose to live in. I said, but I said, but everybody in that neighborhood told him you ain't gonna be nothing. I'm talking, I'm talking, ask kid, you growing up and you were telling you ain't gonna be nothing. You ain't gonna be nothing. And so going to that boys club, the boys club started talking about goals. What do you want to be? I'm saying, you know, now after that kid, I can't lie and say, they always ask me, what do you want to be? Say, so, yeah, I, you know, all I just know, I want to be great. They say, and what? So, well, if you don't do nothing, you got to find out what you want to be great in. So you, you, you let you play basketball, let you play baseball, all these different things every day. You, you know, you're in age group, six, seven, eight years old, where you could do all these different things, wood shop. You know, they wouldn't let you do what you want to do. You had to, you know, you had a, you had a group, a group of people. You had to different at different hours, different time. You go to these different things. Make sure that you learn to see all the different things that you could be. But if you know, if you never was in in class and had rules to tell you to do what you want to do, you may not ever become nothing. I became who I am because I went to that boys club and they they wanted me to learn all these different things. You find out you ain't going to be great in everything, but at least you know when to be quiet, when to talk, when not to because you're not going to be the greatest one in all the things that you do. Do you have any regrets when you look back on your, your championship career? Not not at all. Nothing? Not, not at all. I, my whole thing is that, you know, I'm I'm a lot better than – what I'd even dreamed of or whatever thought about and like this. But all these things that I wanted to be, I, you know what the ultimate thing I wanted to do? To make my mama proud. I wanted my mama to be proud of me because my mama cried so much about what what you should have did, what you know, and, you know, and, and I just wanted to be one of the ones that I did what my mama said and she was proud of me. And, and all that, and 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 eventually it became that way. Well, how could she not be proud of you? you well, I'm, you know, four-time heavyweight champion. I mean, you're a Vander Holyfield. But you, but you know, when I, now when I came back from the Olympics, now I kind of had that ego a little bit because I have done something that nobody else done in my family. So my, I bought my mom a house, but she didn't want the house that I want to give her. Now. I want to put her in a nice neighborhood. She didn't want to be in a nice neighborhood. She said, I want to be by the bus stop. She's because I don't want to be dependent on when you're going to come pick me up or not. I said, Mama, in good, in, in good they don't have bus stop called people. They don't want everybody seeing what they got called people steal. My mama said, but I don't want to depend on you because I don't know when you're going to come over here or not. I need to be on the bus stop. Wow. So I, I was kind of upset because I want to buy my mama this nice house for me to talk about. Right. My mom want to get a house that ain't nobody want to talk about. It's a, it's a big old old house. But my mama didn't care about that. My mama cared about if everybody come home, everybody got a room. Now, I want to, I want to give her a three-bedroom. Three she want to get an eight-bedroom for nothing. Now, her house going to cost... Two fifty on one, and one is called fifty thousand. 
And so she want to take the fifty thousand. I'm trying to figure. Out, I want something I can brag about. I bought my mom, <laughs> right. and but my mama said, "You know, son." She said, "Son, I love more than you. I love them too. These uh-huh. my kids, just like I don't love you no more. I love them." Right. And so when my mama told me that, I I came to understand that she was thinking about if everybody came home, everybody have a room. Right. But you come in that three bedroom, and there ain't gonna be enough room for everybody. You what was the size of the house that you built? You built some crazy gigantic yeah, fifty-four thousand enorm- square feet. What? Yeah, fifty-four thousand square feet. Yes. How, why did you build a house that big? Well, the thing is, I thought about all the things that all the things that I didn't have, and I thought about what I could afford, and and I was thinking about generation. You're not this. That, I didn't build a house just for the family. Now, I, for the grandkids. And I figured, you know, you know, I, I love my kids, and I, and they're gonna have some kids, and then they're gonna have some kids. I'm so, you know, you will have a place still for everybody. Oh, so, so it's you, practical. Well, you know, to me, <laughs> to me, in West Coast, you you only do what you can afford to do. Right, and yeah. you could afford to yes. make a fifty-four thousand square foot house. Jesus, how many acres was that thing on? Well, we had a uh, hundred and seventy-five acres. When that was done, that must have been crazy. Yeah, it cost a lot more than it probably would have if I would have thought about it, if I knew what I know today. Right. And then, you know. It, like what, it, what was different? The difference is I'm just, I just got people to do it and, and then didn't have no organization and getting professional people who know how to do it. It just cost, the house cost me a lot more than, than it should have. It was a famous house because it was so big and so expensive. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, cause you, then somebody then then somebody get it a little cheaper than you. You kind of kind of mad. Oh, when you sold it, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How much did you wind up selling it for? Uh, you know, um, uh, five million. And how much did you build it for? Uh, Twenty. <sighs> wow, that's a big hit. Well, yeah, yeah. Somebody got a deal. Well, but you know, but. It's part of life. You yeah. you learn from your mistakes. Who's living in it now? Uh, a guy named Rick Ross. Rick Ross, the rapper. Yep. Really? Yep. That's crazy. Yep. Wow. Good yeah, for him. Yeah, and they and they doing the the movie uh, Coming to America. There. They, Are they really? They, yeah, feminine. Yeah, so I will be a part of it too. You're in that, right? Coming yep. to America too, right? Yep. When is that starting to film? Uh. uh Coming up, coming up in about a week or two. Is that Eddie Murphy as well? Yes. And Arsenio Hall is he yep. in that? Oh, yeah. all right, man, that's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> that's gonna be crazy to be in your old house. Yeah. Well, you know, it ain't crazy, but you know, I'm, you know, I get invited over there a lot, and they still call it my house. I only feel matching. Well, you designed it, right? Oh yeah, 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 I did. Did I, you put a gym in it? I, I gym. I put I put everything. It pretty much I. I copied off Scarface, the movie Scarface. You know, that's the only that's the only movie that I seen that, you know, and you know, people come up in a tough situation and they right. become all that they are. Right. And so I I thought that, in one way or another, I'm not that, but I came up a tough way too. Right. And so the thing is that you want your kids to have more than you have and something better. Well, that's what, I mean, every great champion wants that. They want 
a house that shows like this is where the heavyweight champion of the world lives. And when you got 175 acres and 54,000 square feet and the way that house looked like that looks like a world championship house. Well, I had a ring look like a championship belt too. Really? And so yeah, like shaped like a championship belt. Yeah. Is there pictures of that online? Yeah. I want I want to see that. How long did it take to build that? Uh, a year. Just a year? Yeah. Damn. That's fast. For a house that's 54,000 square feet? Well, you know, but they did. Wow. Do you still live in Atlanta now? No, I live in Fort Lauderdale. What are you doing down there? Well, you know, it's, it's good for tax and all that. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Florida's got great tax rules. Yeah, there it is right now. Whoo, there's, you can see the house from the roof. That is a crazy spread. Look at the size of your pool. Yep. You get lost in that pool. Yeah, that's just like the championship belt. That that's amazing. Loop. Yeah. That is amazing. Now, do you uh, do you still work in boxing? Like, Do you train fighters or anything like that? Do you well, work with anybody? No, I'm, I'm part of the promotion. I'm part of the promotion. I, you know, my whole thing is that I – I don't exactly want to coach on one person because I don't want to be that adversary that if I'm in your calling, they gon they gon just gonna give it to you and, and people tend to think that. Mm-hmm. And but you know because I I know I know how it was when when I I was getting ready to fight I was getting ready to fight George Foreman and Muhammad Ali came in the ring and and he waved his hand so he come and tell me he said I'm for you. <laughs> you know, tell me in my ear. Then he went and told George Foreman the same thing. Ah, did he really? <laughs> That's sure hilarious. Did. He sure did. He That's sure hilarious. Did. Yeah. Fighting George Foreman must have been a trip too, because you're fighting someone from a different generation. You know, he was a legend from Ali's generation. Yeah, it it, it, it was it was it was like kind of different to me, and so I didn't really want to fight George. I just wanted to fight Tyson, and so my. My business manager, Shelly Finkel, told me, he said, Evander, it's my job as your business manager to tell you the thing about money. He said, you know, I said, well, I want to get the 30. He said, no, I'm going to get you 50 million. I said, how? He said, if you fight George first, they're going to get you 20. He said, but if you fight Tyson first and get 30, they ain't going to give you 20 to fight him. Right. He's called, they right. don't think you can beat George. I said, well, I said, man, I said, George is old. He said, yeah, but they believe George going to knock you out. That's the only reason why they're going to give you $20 million. <laughs> they're not giving you $20 million because they think it's an easy fight. Well, George, even though he was old, could still knock people out. When he knocked Michael Moore out, I mean, that was crazy. I, of course, he knocked yeah. him knocked him out after after he lost against me. He knocked mm-hmm. Michael Moore out because yeah. I lost against Michael Moore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so it, – it, it show you that he didn't give up on on his dream. Right. His right. dream was to be the champ again. Yeah. And he eventually got it. The oldest ever. Oldest yeah. ever guy to regain the championship. Yeah, and it's kind of sad because I think I'm supposed to be the oldest because, uh, you know, that, that big old Russian that was – Yes, Valuev. Valuev. I followed him. Yes. And, and ESPN, they scored it. They had me 11-1. Mm-hmm. And they get a decision to value well. Yeah. No, I saw that fight. That was yeah, a, that was, was a bad decision. Uh, yeah, no, I said and it was just sad. So, um, 
You and should have won. What, how old were you at that time? I was four to six. So you were a year older. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so I constantly tell Tyson, I said, you know, I can tell that we had the best era. I was because you're the youngest heavyweight champion in the world, and I'm supposed to be the oldest one. <laughs> <laughs> like this. So, so I said, what kind of era that is? You had both of the people. Yeah. The youngest in the era. True. Yeah. I said, because, you know, you know, because. At the time, it was amazing. Tyson did this thing at 20 years old. 20 years old. Yeah, so because I, I had a lot of people, they would talk about it and say, oh, you know what? You know, you were just, you were just a great. I said, but I had, I said, Tyson was 20. I said, I ain't going to tell him what I would have been if I would have been somebody at 20. Right. I said, you know, I said, I said, you talking about a kid. Right. I said, I said, I came heavyweight champion of the world at 28 years old. And everybody said, well, you, you act so different. Hey, 28 and a 20 year old, you're, you're going to see some different. A lot more maturity. Yeah. It's a different mm -hmm. person. Yeah, tw yeah. Being 20 and winning the heavyweight championship of the world, I don't know who could do that and not go crazy. Well, because the thing is, he was the most photographed person at that time. Yeah. Every time you look up, you see Mike on it. <laughs> yeah. You see Mike on it. I'm telling you, he just and did a lot of incredible stuff too. He certainly did. Um, what do you think about today's era of boxing, particularly the heavyweight division? I mean, it's it's real exciting right now. I think it's coming back. Yeah, I think coming back. You know, Ruiz don't sneak, mm -hmm. sneak through the picture, and 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 I like that because here's a guy you look at, you may think he can't fight. Right, fight him. Dude. <laughs> he can fight. Yeah, Ooh, that yeah. Andy Ruiz can throw some combinations. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm by, and I was. I was telling a friend of mine, I would tell a friend of mine, I said, now, I said, they picked the wrong guy. Mm. He said, what you talking about, man? That boy, he don't look like he said. I said, he just looked like that he can fight. I yeah. said, I sparred with him. I said, he the first person I ever sparred that I said, I never want to fight. Really? Yeah. I said, he was that he was that good. I'm saying, you know, now at that time I was, I, 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 I was uh, 46. So he had to be probably 19, and I just said, and but that my first time ever seeing a guy, and I said, uh, I don't want to fight him. Like <laughs> <laughs> this, I was glad that I retired after 46. Oh, he has beautiful combinations, and you look at his body, and you say, oh, that's a guy that's overweight, but underneath all that fat, there's an incredible athlete. Wow, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, so it. You just can't. You just can't go by eyes how I look these days. Because Anthony Joshua looks like a Greek god. We sure did. I mean, he looks like he's carved out of stone. Oh uh, yeah, and he knocked him down. That guy got up and knocked him down three times. Crazy. And then you got Deontay Wilder, who's one of the craziest heavyweight knockout artists ever. I mean, that guy has preposterous power. Well, you know, I'm telling you know. And because people asked me about him, I said, "Well, you know what? That's the only thing I can say. He's from Alabama too." And I said, "I'm from Alabama." <laughs> Some in the water. Got big up. I said, "But it's his confidence." Mm -hmm. You know, Dion, he he, he he go in, he go in, and he fight his fight, and and when he can see that shot, he throw it in, and everybody said, "But he get wild at the end." I said. Mm -hmm. Least he know the guy hurt though. Right, right. I said he don't get wild before the guy get hurt. <laughs> right. I, but he know the guy hurt. I said so he can he can take chances throwing looping shots like this because mm -hmm. the guy hurt. I said right. but least he's smart enough to know. I, but I remember the time when he got hurt, he got knocked down, and all that. And one thing that he showed, he had confidence. Called yes. people who don't have confidence, they get hurt. They start trying to run. Right. 
When he got hurt, he came forth, and that's the reason why he was able to survive that round. Then the next round, he knocked the guy out. Well, Ortiz and him are going to have a rematch. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's yes. the guy that it was. Yeah. Ortiz. And Ortiz is no joke. He's a dangerous fighter. Man, that, I, that's the <clears> reason I couldn't figure out why you would give another chance. And I said, now, <laughs> you know, which shows his confidence. No confidence. Yes. It shows confidence because the fact that the man. Now, ain't nobody, even after that fight, want to fight Ortiz still. They said, nah. True. Uh-uh. I'm going to wish him to go away. Yeah. Right? Yep. <laughs> right? Because he's a good fighter, and he, he's one of the most most clever fighters out there. Yes. And that's the reason I'm like, okay, oh, you, you did it one time. Okay, you know, why? Let him knock somebody else out and let him upset somebody before he come back. And Ortiz is getting old. I mean, well, no, yeah. no one even knows how old he really is because he's from Cuba. You know, this speculation that he's 50 years old. People don't even know. Right. They don't. But he's an amazing fighter. Wait, he's so, so skilled out of that Cuban amateur program. I mean, his boxing is just top notch. And he had Deontay in all sorts of trouble. But you're right. Wilder showed that he could overcome adversity and that his power, that's one of the more impressive things about him. His power doesn't go away. He keeps that power, like, deep into the 12th round when he knocked out Tyson Fury or knocked down yeah. Tyson Fury. In the twelfth round, it looked like it was over. But, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah. This is what you talk. What you talk yeah. about confidence. And, yes. I'm like, and I told him, I say, look, man, I, I say, I say, you're the only person I know that tall and lighter than me. <laughs> that's so true, I'm, right? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm like, he, he already fight two thirty. He fight two thirteen. He was two oh nine when he fought Tyson Fury. Two oh nine, the day of the fight. I said, Crazy. That's what, I said that one. Saying, I'm, I'm like, I'm like. I said, now, that's what you thought, confidence in all this. Yeah. And I kind of said, you know, but he don't worry about it. Right. I'm saying, you know. So no, the he whole, don't care. See, and, see, and that's what, that's why I like it to certain people to me. With me, everybody said, man, you, they start talking about this stuff. I said, look, I, look, I don't care about that. I can fight, man. Yeah. Said, and you know what? When he when he started talking to people, and people get scared of because he said, look, man, I can fight. I know what I can do. Yeah, he know he, he he all he got to do is hit you with that big right hand yes. like or the, the left hand. I just don't want to say because he yeah. because he, he, I seen him when he hit this boy. He, he, now I'm doing a little hook. I said, mm -hmm. Oh man, I got the, he he got a hook now. Well, that twelfth round, it was a right hand and a left hook behind it, and yeah. snapped Tyson's head back. Yep. But I mean, Tyson Fury's incredible too, man. That guy got up after that. Ninety nine percent of the people on planet Earth would still be out cold after those two punches. Wait, 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 what I'm what I try to get people to see, I say now, the referee didn't supposed to let him get up. Most people, most fighters would get up, mm -hmm. but the referee, well. Uh, dive on you, jump on you, say won't let over. you get it. And say it's over because, because for you to lay flat like that for four or five seconds, they ain't supposed to do that. <clears throat> right. Most referees would have called it off right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank God he didn't. Well, well you know, but, I, I'm not for sure because mm -hmm. it messed up the whole thing. He would have been the champ. And, and, and so now Yeah, they, but aren't you excited that he got up and then Tyson Fury wound up winning the rest of the round? Well, wait, well, yeah, he did. He but, did. But still... When you do the thing right, the, your job for to be saving the fighter. Right. And I, I see guess, what you're saying. So you I'm think the, the referee should have probably saved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the, yeah. the referee's supposed to do what it I'm the, my whole thing because I'm saying if it was anybody else, they would have did it. You know what bothers me? What bothers me is the count was more than 10 seconds. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what bothers me. The, what, bo what bothers me is I think 
it shouldn't be the referee going one, two. It should be a number. Like there should be like a, a timer. They do have a timer. They had a timer. This is how you know they 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 have a they have a guy when a referee ain't yes. thinking he count two. Right, but and, he's counting. But I want a number like a digital clock that shows you ten actual seconds. I think they should have something like that because to right. leave it up to the referee. Some referees like one, two, three. Other referees like one. Two and that's not seconds. That's well, not well, seconds. You, it's too you're subjective. right because you know what? Because even after that, the referee brush the glove mm-hmm. out, look at it, look at his other eye. seconds. Yeah, like this. Now, yep. I'm, I'm, yep. when you look at it, he had about thirty seconds. He had thirty seconds, and then they said, "Oh, he, he recovered." I said, "But you know, they went and did that to anybody else." Mm-hmm. Right. I said, "But how? But now, now, what bothered me was what bothered me. I said, "How do you?" I said. If he go in any other country and fight, and they other and the guy do him like this, they stopping the fight. Right. A I, lot of referees would have stopped that fight. I said they. I said they stopped the fight. Yeah. I said now. I said how is it when somebody can come in your country, and 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 they and you give them the ups. Right. 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 I said. I said. I said. I said something's wrong with that. I said now. I, I just think it was because it was such a big fight. Like everybody wanted to see that fight. It was such a huge fight. Well, you know, I'm saying, even though I'm saying you go in another country, you know, if that fight close anywhere, you're not getting it. Right, right. You're right. not getting it. Right. And and you can like just like like I I I I'll hit that guy. The guy the guy didn't even throw no punches. Some of the rounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they said, I remember they asked the guy. I said, "How can you win a round when you didn't throw a punch in that round?" The only person who's ever done that is Willie Pep, right? <laughs> Willie Pep won rounds just by being a slick defensive well, fighter. Yeah, yeah. But he was so impressive that people gave him the round anyway. Yeah. You know, that's a that, that fight was a, that was a fight that begged for a rematch. Just begged for a rematch, and it bothers me. That's one of the things that bothers me about boxing. Sometimes is that these fights they don't they don't come to fruition. And then if I mean he almost lost in his Tyson with that la, that cut in his last fight. I mean that was a bad cut. Yeah, they could have stopped that fight. But you know, see, yeah, because but you know they they stop it, they stop it when they want to stop it. Yes. So, so yeah. you got to understand who 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 leading this thing off to a point where that you got to get some uh, in the game with me and the boxing. I just wanted it to be right because mm-hmm. I know how how important it is for anybody who put their life online to be a fighter and want to say, I, I, it was fair, I did it, I did my all, at least I got my opportunity. Yeah. Well, listen, Evander, uh, I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate you coming in here. And like I said, I've been a giant fan your entire career, so it was uh, an honor to meet you and an honor to have you on here, brother. Thank you very much. Thank you. Evander Holyfield, ladies and gentlemen, thank you, sir. Bye, everybody. <laughs>